1: Hello, hello, hello. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And this is In Your Mouth! Oh.
0: In your mouth. I'm
1: the queen of food who's always Sheel. in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show oh, you how to Oh, cook. God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In yo <laughs> mouth. got <laughs> the goosebumps. <laughs> In Your Mouth is the first and only queer food podcast on the airwaves, where I not only bring you the latest and greatest in food news, but also celebrate and tell the stories of my LGBTQ brothers and sisters through a food lens. Join me as I take you on a tasty and fabulous ride with the best of the best in the queer community. They don't call me the Andy Cohen of food for nothing, honey. And if you happen to stumble upon episodes one through 80, they were a fun and sassy exploratory mission that made In Your Mouth what it is today. So, what are you waiting for? Tune in and don't forget to rate and review. All right,
2: guys, welcome to the very first episode of Sidework Presents Front of House versus Back of House. Well, we've talked about doing it, and you know you've been triggered by it. It's time for a throwdown truth bombing face off of Front of House versus Back of House. Today's topic is
3: nothing less than a searing display of trouble for everyone involved and to complicate matters.
2: Andrea and I have invited two chefs to get into it with us. Uh, Yep, and after going back and forth, we finally landed on what would be worthy of our first challenge. It's It's Steak steak tamps.
3: Tamps. (laughs) All right, but first, let's meet today's guest representing the kitchen from uh, the ambiguous part of the Western US. Please welcome Chef
4: Hanaleigh Souza. (laughs) Hanaleigh, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, so I run the at Lady Line Cook on Instagram. Kind of something I started about a year ago in the old quarantine, uh, oh, yeah. of boredom, and missing my fast-paced job. Thinking, reminiscing about all the memes and moments that came from working in a restaurant kitchen, and specifically as a woman in a restaurant kitchen. So a lot of memes and a lot of content coming out of that. Um, I work as a line cook full time now. Thankfully, back at work, and I'm also writing a memoir about that experience, uh, mostly in the kitchen, but also in all the other male dominated workplaces I've been in, such as the ski industry, butcher shops, stuff like that. Um, It's kind of a lighthearted book, just about my experiences and all the fun and interesting characters I met along the way and funny stories and all the lessons that I've learned through that
3: that is the intro of all intros that's amazing we love lady line cooks uh we follow you guys with our instagram account if y'all are listening and not following it's a goodie get over there and follow lady line cooks and we're we're happy to like push your book when it's ready girl thank you (laughs) you got it i I love how you're like all the male dominated industries and you're like you mean life (laughs) You mean yeah. life. Well, All, <laughs> All right. So I've got a quick question for you, Hanoi. If you were a Saturday night special oh, that man. the restaurant was, that was running, what would you be?
4: Oh man, something, uh, something quirky and, and underrated maybe like, uh, <laughs> like just something that seems kind of quiet on the outside and, but then you bite into it and it's like actually pretty awesome. Mm. something that doesn't seem that seems kind of frumpy on the outside but then once you kind of get to know it it like it's a lot cooler than you think (laughs) like i can't wait to describe that on the floor uh for all our guests (laughs) Uh, so i didn't even give any specific foods or anything but it's just something something unexpected exactly right right Uh, it it really lingers on the tongue it's exquisite (laughs) To the uh. taste
2: buds. Uh, well, you guys, our second guest uh, today on Forte House versus Back of House, coming all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. It is Chef Zach Malloy. <laughs> Welcome, Zach. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well.
2: Thanks for having me. Awesome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your history in the service industry? Uh,
1: so I uh, have been in this business for about 22 years now, and have been able to. Uh, See a huge, uh, a huge chunk of the world just because of this uh, amazing job. E- you know, either just through the people that I've worked with, or actually living out of the country. Uh, and I am now currently just kind of a Ronin chef that's uh, uh, wandering the streets of Atlanta and, and doing my level best to uh, dispense my knowledge. So here we are.
2: Here we are. We're so glad you could join us today. Now we have a question for you, Zach. Dance mm-hmm. cos or Crocs in the kitchen? Which are you? Mm. Okay.
1: So I, I, I'm i a little of both because I like dance cos, uh and the way uh, that they look and or feel, but I really hate uh, how they make me fall on my ass because I'm, I'm the guy that after f- like three months of having the dance cos, I'm going down. And usually it's uh, when I have a hotel pan full of something really hot, so yeah. I'm kind of a Crogs a Crocs like you know, low to the ground. Got it. Kind of guy. But if there yeah. was a
2: hybrid invented, you'd be all over it, is basically. I what mean, you're at
1: saying. least we'll go Berkeys, right? Because they don't have because they don't have the holes in the toe, right? Because right. I've also learned that lesson the hard way. That's right. like working in flip-flops a little bit.
2: That cork probably runs out pretty quick in the kitchen, I would imagine, though. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Oh, well, you know what? I found this awesome thing where you can resole them. And so now
1: I'm just going to like really achieve my old man status by having one pair of shoes now for the rest of my life. I yes. love it. I Hot love tip: it. you can resell
2: them. So many flavors in those Birks. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. So representing the front of the house today, it's All us. Right. It's us. It's it's your
3: it's your fearless co-host Brooke and Andrea. Um, real quick again, just so you guys know who you're dealing with. Uh, my bio. <laughs> 15 to 17 odd years uh service industry uh fired from many many of those positions uh but I've worked as a waitress and or barista in uh Detroit Michigan Chicago Illinois New York New York Brooklyn New York and also my latest job was in Los Angeles before the pandemic took away my special events catering job god damn it my last gig was my last gig was making tacos for the Modern Family wrap party. What? Yes. <laughs> Super fun. Yeah, Very they have funny. a lot of money. They have a lot of money. It turns out,
2: mm. mm-hmm. uh, Brooke, what, what would your perfect shift drink be?
3: Oh, my perfect. Sh- well, I'll tell you what it is. It was at my old job in Brooklyn called James, and I lived for this shift drink. It was called a Saint Anne's. And it was a gin-based cocktail served up with a little bit of simple syrup, lemon juice, and a sprig of mint. Um, it was just—it was just wonderful.
2: Nothing like a good gin buzz, am I right? <laughs> it's true. It is true. Uh, a little bit about me, you guys. Uh, gosh, uh, waited tables for I want to say twelve years. Started in Omaha, Nebraska, at a little place. Uh, well, eventually called Abuka de Beppo, as everybody knows. <laughs> Um, moved to Chicago, waited a table, started bartending there. Um, I've pretty much done everything front of house because you're just kind of tossed into every role anyway. Um, still in the service industry on in another capacity. I do skincare now, so still catering to the masses, if you will, on many levels. But ready here, ready for this hot challenge, ready to talk. We're gonna temps. We're <laughs> gonna dust off those server
3: brains, um, Andrea. I've got a question for you. What's in your apron?
2: Oh, my apron has uh, two wine keys because I typically will lose one throughout the night, (laughs) a handful of pens, uh, a bunch of dirty toothpicks that are half out of their plastic wrap and covered in dust, Um, and my cell phone because I'm going to be on my cell phone on the floor, and that's a fact. Shit. (laughs) Them's fighting words.
3: Um, All right. Well, let's get real. Let's get to know you guys a little bit. The point of front of house versus back of house is it's time for us to kind of come together even if we fall apart before we ultimately you know make the make the the bond (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, they call restaurants families. That's not always true. Uh, There's a real clear delineation, (laughs) front of house is a family, back of house is a family. But we believe in this day and age, we can get through these problems and these issues that we do not see eye to eye about. But we want to give the floor to you guys. Um, Let's start with you, Hanaleh. What is your history with front of house versus the
4: back of house? Um, At the restaurant I work at now, we actually get along and a lot of Servers, they're new, they come in, they're like really surprised (laughs) by like, oh man, you guys aren't yelling at each other. Like guys actually, like some of you guys are friends with each other. (laughs) Like, I think, uh, I've seen, I've seen a really good model of that. Like, not just with me, but with, uh, all the cooks that I work with and with the servers, them getting along with the cooks and just, um, I think that's at least where I work now. My last place was kind of this uh, order at the counter place where, um, it was like, everyone pulled the tips. No one, there was no debates about who got paid for. Like everyone worked together as an open kitchen. So I feel like my experience hasn't really been like a battle. It's been more like, I wouldn't say family because that's so definitely very cliche. <laughs> it's and very is. Olive Garden. I everyone's, get it. Yeah, everyone's got their different perception too of what it means to be family. But um, I, think, I think it's been modeled in a good way throughout the restaurants that I've worked at. Are there any outliers uh, where you've worked who despite the healthy
3: atmosphere are like I'm, I'm not here to make friends. go fuck it up. <laughs> there are, but they don't
4: last right on they, uh, Ooh, I had I like- a couple uh, I had a couple cooks that I worked with who would like yell at servers and eventually he got fired for yelling at the chef and then uh, a couple servers who like didn't really get along and they either quit, weed themselves out, get fired for something else. It's usually kind of, it's just a byproduct of some other flaw that they have. I love it. Well, I know you still have
3: opinions and we're going to, we're going to weasel them out of you, but
4: (laughs) I'm happy to hear that you've got like a healthy working
3: model. Um, so Zach, what's your experience? I know you're a little different with front of house and back of house.
1: Yeah. So I, I actually started front of the house. I'm one of those weirdos. Uh, and so, you know, when I was in college, I, uh, you know, I said, you know what I need, I need some, some beer money, some folding money. (laughs) And I said, okay, here, so here's what I want to do. I want to get a job where I'm making the most money. And obviously this is in my, my inexperienced brain, most amount of money, least amount of work and so i said i I got it i'll be a server's assistant you know which back then i guess would be bus boy right yeah uh at the fanciest restaurant in town and so i went and somehow got the job and on my very first day uh i'm standing there and they walk over and they hand me a a a wine list and a menu and they say here you need to you need to learn this and I said, well, I, I, I'm sorry, there must be some sort of a mistake. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm a busboy. Why do you want me to memorize this? And they said, I, I, we didn't say memorize. You need to learn this. And the idea was that you have an apron on and the clients, they don't care. If, they're not trying to figure out who's the server and who's the server's assistant. They're going to ask you a question. And we don't want your answer to be. And so, you know, I was totally I was super overwhelmed uh, and I had no idea what fennel was or Barbaresco or what, you know, and I was freaking out. And as I like really started to to dive into it and to learn about this stuff, I was just enthralled. So I worked every position front of the house. And then said, okay, what's next? And then went back of the house and ended up going to culinary school after that. So I graduated college. You know, I I studied art and Spanish, which my parents, I'm sure, were super proud of. Right. That's great. A completely worthless degree (laughs) times two. Way to go. What are you going to do now? (laughs) I'm going to go get another pointless degree. So I got three of them.
2: Yeah, but the, the, for me, like the Spanish and like the culinary degree go hand in hand. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. well, and also and the art, art the yeah. art degree because it was uh, with an emphasis in ceramics. So, oh. um, and then ended up moving to Central America where I worked in restaurants for about six years or so. So, see y'all at the reunion, right, with us, the Spanish, the Spanish art and food degree. Here, here we are.
3: Uh, I like it. Uh, do have you had the the sort of you know, what, what we're talking about, the cliche, the classic clash between front of house and back of house over the years.
1: I've I've seen it a lot. And it usually at the very end of the day comes down to the mo- the money. Right. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, <laughs> like when service is going, service is going and that's like there's no there's no time uh, to bitch and moan about anything because we got to get it done and we'll talk about our feelings later but usually at the end of the evening especially if there's whiskey and beer involved then there's usually some discussion about like Oh, really? You you got, you got made $350 tonight? That's great, because ah. that's half of my paycheck for the week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, let's do a quick little sound off you guys. We'll give you guys 30 seconds. We'll set a little bit of a timer for you guys to kind of like free associate your pet peeves with front of house. Not specifically about the topic today, but just in general. What really gets your goat when it comes to front of house shenanigans? All right. So what we'll start with you,
3: Hanalei, you've got 30 yeah, seconds. sure. Uh, all right. (laughs) All right.
4: And go. I would say when they don't know the menu and ask things that, uh, we can't do, like I need, uh, an extra side of that Alfredo sauce for the seafood pasta. I'm like, we make that to order. We deglaze after we cook the seafood. Like we can't just, we don't pull the Alfredo sauce out of a jar. Like you think we do. (laughs) Like, just when they don't know how things are made, like, can you make a garlic mash without the garlic? I'm like, we already made the mashed potatoes with the garlic in it. Like, Nothing we can do about it. So just not knowing the menu. And also uh another big one is when they ask for something on the fly oh, and time you have to is sit in the window. Up. That is oh, thirty <laughs> seconds
2: of rain. That went quick. <laughs> right and i was... might have even given you a couple extra seconds just to kind of but yeah. well we'll we'll come back to that hang on to that rage
3: we're getting get, you guys get it, warmed get
2: it up and get it moving all right i all love right. it she was just and getting started okay i know zach 30 seconds at you here's your pet peeves and go I mean, I think that I I don't end up having a pet peeve with
1: the actual servers themselves. The the real problem ends up being is that they are kind of like the hood ornament for the asshole client. So it's like, I don't get to go out there and karate chop, a a, you know, a a guest that's out there in the dining room. So, you know, the, the servers have to bring back the ridiculous requests, regardless of if they can do it or not. And regrettably, that's what they end up catching.
2: Oh, just under 30 seconds. Look at that, cute. Like, perfect timing of a I'm 30 second in. slide into
1: home base. <laughs> slide in oh.
3: So, now we're going to ask you all to um think on this real quick. Do you have a most proud moment of sort of your interaction and communication with front of house? And do you have a least proud moment? Either of you can jump in with either or.
1: Ooh, man, least proud or most proud? I think that for, uh, for me, my my most proud moment is trying to incorporate Back of the house into front of the house and vice versa to at least like, I I mean, the entire restaurant industry is going to have to get torn down and put all the way back together again for that line to go away. But the idea of having the overlap is something that's always been really, really important to me, mainly because I've had the opportunity to work in both. So that's something that I've always deemed really important and therefore like to have that high level of involvement both ways. (laughs)
2: Hanaleigh, any, any,
4: how about you? Most proud, least proud moment. Um, I'd say one moment that I thought of right away was there's, there's this server who everyone loved, but he just wasn't, he just uh, (laughs) made the most mistakes. And he came up at like eight o'clock on a Saturday night rail full of tickets. He's like, I need a New York strip and a filet both medium on the fly. And I was just like, okay. And I thought back after that, I was like, you know how that would have gone down at so many other restaurants, yeah. <laughs> like not, not like as, not like that. I was just like, all right, <laughs> like, and then just no attitude, nothing. I was like surprised, honestly, and uh, least proud would be like just any time that uh, we get we get hangry a lot back there, and mm. sometimes I just ooh, I didn't think about usually that. on like a Sunday afternoon when the Sunday brunch is just carrying on into three, four o'clock, and you're just like. Everyone is just at their wits end and sometimes I just get kind of snappy, like not the no, like Gordon Ramsay moments, but like definitely. And trust me, we'll be doing an episode on
2: front of house versus back of house when it comes down to brunch. Like that will be happening. Oh,
3: it's on the list. Can can I, can I interject with a most and least proud moment? It was like, it touched on both. So I had been terrorized by our sous chef, uh, a, a real toad of a man uh, from England named Matt, who didn't have any front teeth. And he decided <laughs> to pick on me. He also used to work at the Spotted Pig in Manhattan. So he oversalted everything. And, um, He just chose me for three months to, I I don't know what I did. I, I literally was like, everything was fine. And then for three months, I could do nothing right. Every time I came in the kitchen, he, it's like he was on a, he just decided to direct his anger at me every time. When I would walk to work, I had a pit in my stomach. I didn't want the job. And I was so mad because it was my favorite job to work at. And he was bullying me. And finally, one night I snapped and I was like, I'm tired of your toothless ass. Making me feel like shit Of course all you can eat is hot dogs every night After the shift because you don't have any teeth Motherfucker and I like just Threw it at him and he like got like the Most perverse grin on his Face like it made him horny that I was Just as mean back to him (laughs) We were cool after that I was ready to walk out and quit And that's what he needed He had (laughs) to give that heat Back yeah then he Uh, was Like amazing to me after that But I was like you toothless fuck You stupid British toothless fuck.
1: That sounds like to me, that sounds like the kitchen equivalent of somebody pulling your pigtails, if you ask me. Kind of like No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he no. was
2: he was dating one of the other servers and I was like is well, she talking shit on me. To- oh, re- weird. I feel like yeah. I feel like we're all easily like enticed by one person that we like have a love-hate relationship in restaurants. I don't understand it. But um, if I may pepper in my my one of my least proud moments was being very busy and accidentally splashing a lot of dirty dishwasher from the silverware pit onto our awesome dishwasher's face um i felt bad for so it was a such an accident but i was just like i am such an asshole (laughs) and then i made it from that day on to be like nobody splash or throw shit like after that because (laughs) i had personally done it to our dishwasher um and another one of my proud moments is like when i worked in chicago when we worked at bad dog brook i worked lunches that were so busy by myself yep there was one cook in the kitchen one server in the floor who is also a bartender and then one amazing busser Sergio a magic man and love the Sergio. three of us because we were individuals came together as a team to get shit done and I've never been like powder of like a, a, a unit a team in a restaurant and how hard we work together so I love that
0: That's I know those me. lunches
3: those infamous bad dog lunches by yourself oh my god oh all my right
0: god. welcome to fail better
3: Well, guys, I love this. I feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Should we get to the meat of the episode? Yeah, we should.
0: (laughs) Um, All right, grill
2: us. (laughs) Ah, Yes. We we knew that we couldn't uh, really kind of go down the road of steak temps without kind of touching on the history of steakhouses so here we go we can't not talk about it steak and potatoes a stiff drink and the menu at your average steakhouse hasn't changed for a hundred years according to history.com Americans flock to these places of meat whether they're upscale chains or in a neighborhood spot whose decor hasn't changed since the Reagan administration (laughs) Yeah, so basically modern steakhouses which are different from their descendants which appeared in the 1800s um, modern Modern ones appeared in the mid-1900s, and it's basically were places for politicians to go, men, right, to eat their steak and potatoes and discuss the world and politics. But since way before that, there's been different levels of steakhouses where people can go get, like, mutton, whatever is on the menu other than, you know, kidneys and innards and ovals, um, to even getting sizzling strips of bacon alongside your steak, which who doesn't want that? You guys. I mean, I'm so hungry right now. I, I like that,
3: too. Like with the research we did research, by the way, in, uh, incorporates Googling and reading from Google. Um, but we OK, so the modern steakhouse, the direct ancestors are the beefsteak bank banquet. And then also the chop house, which I never stopped to think like, you know, when places are called chop houses Um, and the time Andrew is speaking of basically it was just New York City where these existed because it was the highest level of income. And these were considered like super duper fancy meals, which this this I love the most. Your big ass steak or your slab of meat, you know, was served on just a piece of white bread and you didn't eat the white bread, you used it to put to the side to then brag and show your stacks of white bread means all the meat you've eaten.
2: (laughs) Which I love. Really?
3: Yeah, that's what they would do. It would be placed on the white bread, but they're like, I don't want no sandwich slowing me down. I've got liquor to drink, and I need to keep it lean. We're just doing
2: protein. We're doing keto, baby. Don't fill up on bread. Don't fill up on that bread, guys. (laughs) <laughs> so obviously you want like a stiff drink or a ale would be served traditionally with these steaks. Um, and sometimes even dessert would be apple pie, mince pie or a wedge of Stilton as your this- dessert after that. This is very traditional, but basically what it comes down to is like, this is a very old tradition. Nothing has changed. When someone eats a steak, they want it the same every time. Dare I say guests rarely sway from how they want their steaks cooked (laughs) well done andrea
3: okay so now (laughs) that we understand over 100 years of steakhouses restaurants offering steaks on the menu this is the source of a trigger topic between front of house and back of house which is steak temperatures and this was hanale's suggestion which i love we took it and ran with it okay guys do you know your steak temperatures top to bottom should
1: we start with rare? Sure.
2: Chef, Chefs, p- you know
1: all right, cool.
3: They know. Are we chef. talking
1: about? Are we talking about like actual temperature? Yeah. If you want, okay. or you or just like, it kind of what it's supposed to look like? like. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what. Yeah, I got raised on the squishy still uh, yeah. school, right? As opposed to just checking in, an internal. But let's do it. Come on. Well, awesome. you don't look. have
3: to. You don't have to give us a number. We've got a chart,
4: so we're cheating. Let's go. Oh man, yeah. those charts are wrong though. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> those are pretty Yeah, where did the chart come from? Uh, where did the chart
2: come from, Andrea? Cuz that's what <laughs> I learned temps, from stake dot com. I think it came oh, from yeah. I googled that it.
1: Accurate. That's accurate. <laughs> it, like is accurate. stake
2: <laughs> Yeah. Dot org.
1: yeah. Um, it's the medium, ra- it's medium, medium, org that you need to steer clear from because rares are way
2: off. Got it, got it. Um, so rare, yeah, like you, what would you guys say as far as a, squ-
4: a temp or like an, an, an inside? Like what are we looking for? I would say squishy still, but not like raw. Cause there's a line it crosses when it's like you squish it and you're like, oh, that's raw. And then there's this like fine line where you're like, all right, it's squishy, but it's like not raw. <laughs> Okay, and to be clear, like the only way to describe it. <laughs> and to be clear to our listeners, chefs are back
3: there fingering your meat. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of your food is getting very dead. handled. Handled, <laughs> yeah,
3: yep. Is that it's where with, the term gets your love. meat hooks off me? Um, Man handles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Zach, medium rare.
1: Uh, mid rare is going to be pink, pink to red, pink. Well, red to pink interior starting to warm up. Uh, firm
4: with a little give. There we go. Firm, that is, firm that with is a
1: little
4: give. Exactly,
2: right. Uh, okay. Hannelay, medium.
4: Um, that's gonna be pink all the way through, um, and kind of like a little firmer, but not like not like well done firm, but like kind of you squish it and it's like not squishy. Mm-hmm.
3: I love Good. the squish, not
4: squish. The <laughs> squish. Okay, we we've got a squish
3: a squishometer. Um, all right, Zach, your medium well. Midwell, sorry, that's that's mid-
1: kitchen talk. Midwell, mid Midwell is going to be nearing uh, more of a well. Let's not say gray because that's unappealing, but uh, a, a co- co- fully cooked interior with a pink but hot center. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, Less mess. less squish factor. Less squish. I gotta I gotta keep within the the <laughs> parameters that we've set. So and
3: then and then do you both want to go off on well done right now? <laughs> oh man, no squish.
1: <laughs> yeah, no no squish. <laughs>
3: very dry very firm squishless dead like a hockey puck
1: (laughs) you can expect that if you order a steak well done it is going to be very intentionally overcooked i mean like let's say burned right because Mm -hmm. well done is overcooked so uh, that's the uh oh you like it well done do you type move right where you i mean it's you push to see how well you like
2: it yeah oh yeah yeah and this is absolutely leading into how this can be a problem for all of us that you guys are already talking about but please if you will zach start us off on like steak temps in general and like the difficulties in the kitchen that you have with them achieving them and why it's such a difficult task to maneuver especially between front of house and guests My my
1: biggest concern, well, really my only concern with a well-done steak. First of all, like again, like I'm file me under weirdo, um, that I I don't care. I don't care if you order a a well-done steak. I couldn't care less because you're the one that has to eat it, and you're definitely the one that's going to pay for it, right? So I don't care. You can get a scoop of ice cream on top of it if you want. The thing that always throws me off is the the timing of all of it because the uh the the person that's ordering the well done steak is an is at this point I feel fairly established that they are a precious boomer um, <laughs> right um that they're you know that they're still worried where it's like oh no it's dangerous to eat sushi and mid rare steaks And uh, because of that, that little special Easter egg is sitting at a table with normal people who want a mid-rare steak. And so all the mid-rares are sitting there going, where the hell's my food? And it's because your buddy over here, (laughs) who you can't point out, you can't, as a server, you can't be like, well, we'd like to have your steaks, but this guy over here (laughs) ordered a- Oh, oh, I don't have a
3: problem steak shaming. I'll steak shame someone at a table.
1: (laughs) Yeah, be like, sorry, that porterhouse takes three hours to hit well done, so. It'll be ready tomorrow. That's usually the biggest thing, right? As it throws everything off. But there's a saving grace for medium rare, if you're, or for well done, if you're on the grill, because yeah, uh, you can always forget eat, about it. You can just <laughs> keep no. going. And you're like, oh yeah, there's that well done. Like, slap it on first and set it in. Yeah, it.
4: there's like a, a lot of restaurants would be like 15 minute tickets, 20 minute tickets, whatever it is. So like when you get that well done, like you want to do a good job of it and not like squish the press down on it and. Like I can make a good juicy well done steak if I have the time, but it's like, no, you only got 15 minutes. So it's like, it's like you pick the ugliest, flattest, grossest looking steak and like just slap it down. And the reject like, pile? <laughs> the Always. reject pile. That's <laughs> why I kind of like cooking the well done. Cause I was going to put, put that steak in the grind, but instead I made, now the restaurant made 50 bucks off instead. So yeah, that's like, true. I didn't honestly, think about
1: that. If you're working well done, you're getting, you're you're getting. You're getting free.
2: staff meal if you you're order getting well getting done. Free. Oh man, I want well done steak at staff meal. That's luxurious in my opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: What would we do right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so if we flip that to the other side, you know, being able to leave a steak on its own if it's well done, but if we're talking rare, is that
4: is that is that that's a difficult task I would imagine for you guys. Yeah, I feel like that is that is difficult sometimes cuz it's such a fine line but like you got to catch it right there and like take it off. And even if you take it off, if, like if you let it rest too long, like it's kind of like, I don't know. I like when people order rare because it's kind of like a challenge. But if it's like a slam slamming service, like it's definitely like, oh man, I got to like watch this thing. Like you, cause you got to flip it the right amount of times too. So the grill marks are like perfect. And if you like, oh, I waited too long to flip it. So now the marks aren't going to be perfect. And it's like with the well done, it's like, you could just <laughs> set it and forget it. <laughs> it's kind of nice. What about the people
3: who come in? Like, because I did work at a, at a steakhouse; it was a, a fucking nightmare. And then you'd get the person who comes in, like, "Hey, I, I know a different way to order a steak, some oh, special." Man. And they'd come in and get <laughs> the black and blue. Oh
1: uh, yeah. Tell Pit tell Sparta. our listeners
4: what a black and blue is.
1: Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, go for
4: it. It's like super charred on the outside and rarer than rare on the inside. It's which you're like it's, what's wrong with you and then usually yeah. they'd ask you to cut their cigar
2: <laughs> yeah it seems like a blowtorch specialty with the black and blue yeah Just like quick and yeah, you hard. have to
1: ruin a pan you have to ruin a pan to do like you can't really <laughs> even do a black and blue on the grill it has yeah to, that's hard to do it has to be in a pan crazy so you're asking the grill guy to pull out a pan, or shot, or you know, grill. grill yeah, oh man, I hate it Excuse when that happens. Me.
4: Someone's like, "I want my steak seared and not grilled," and then I gotta like <laughs> hand the steak off to the saute guy who's got enough going on. <laughs> and then like, "Hey, you gotta watch this steak now," even though it's yeah. my job, <laughs> like because <laughs> they wanted it seared, even though I get a perfect sear on the grill. And you just were willing to like, I knew you had ten saute same.
2: pans in front of you, but here's an eleventh one. Like, yeah, yeah. that's. <laughs> incredible well let's Mm -hmm. do some front of house if we will uh Brooke our time to shine and kind of get out why it's so hard for us to communicate uh temps this insane issue um personally and I I just read this I think that sometimes I feel like even though guests know what they want they don't know what they want like they're like yeah I want that to be like a medium for sure and then in their brain they think medium is medium rare and then you bring it and then it's fucked because it's overcooked um there's this new york post article that i brought up that says restaurants are specifically cooking your steak wrong on purpose and under cooking steaks every time they're ordered and not to have so much food waste yeah so, so it's like I would my say question because
3: it's way worse. Obviously, it's way worse to hammer a steak and have them redo it because you can always put a steak on to get it to a, a higher, more well-done texture. So that that makes sense.
1: Ooh, I, can I have some? Oh yeah, oh please. What do you do about the guest that says, "Oh, you know, I want it to be"? medium rare and you bring out a medium rare steak and they cut into it and it's medium, right? Or no, excuse me. It's too rare for them. So they want it cooked up. Do they get that same steak? Does it go back on the grill or do you, do they get a new piece of meat? Oh no. it, And that, that's it always like between you back. and the
3: kitchen. I see them usually like throw it under the salamander real quick or something like that. And then it comes back out. It gets on its own little platter because they cut into uh-uh. it and touched it. You know okay. what I'm saying? So it doesn't, it's like not a virgin piece of food anymore. Right. That's what That's what I would see happen. And I don't think I've, anyone's expecting a new steak. I've never. But I've worked, I in, I've worked in
1: places where they say. New Fire. Piece of meat. Yeah, from yeah. a presentation standpoint too, right? So yeah. that it doesn't look like you're taking out dog food or whatever, which is even <laughs> extra special that you have to cook a whole new steak
2: right you know and it's really hard for us because again we are just the messenger right so it's hard for oh, us yeah. to be like someone cuts into it it's it while while there is a perfection and an art to cooking estate perfectly and people who have been doing it for, for years for decades perfectly sometimes things just don't go as planned we're the ones that take the brunt of that not to mention we're also serving wine and getting sides and refilling things so it's hard for us to be running around and doing 40 different things as front of house and then for some someone to like wave you down and like shove a steak in your face and it's (laughs) nobody's fault, but it fucking sucks on our end. (laughs) And then it throws off the rest of every the rest of the diners. Anybody else eating with them.
3: Oh yeah, because then they're just sitting there pouting into their drink. And while everyone else is eating, everyone's like, should we wait? And they're like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Enjoy your meal. And then you're dealing with like mad dad um, at the table not now. here's like and we do a lot of advocacy and yell at customers on our end too oh, where yeah. it's just like if you like steak, I feel like people fucking know a little bit better now like people come in they've realized you know th- th- these millennials understand that a mid-rare steak is sexy that a mid-rare burger is sexy and I think more than often, they do now know what they're getting into, but people say temperatures, thinking that's the way to do it, and then will be so puzzled as to what they get, and they're like, "Ooh, this is uncooked." <laughs> You're like, "That's what you asked for, dipshit." Yeah. So it's there's. I think I think as a server, if someone is showing like they're not totally sure, or they ask for a recommendation, what temperature would you recommend? I think that person would be best served medium. Always. I think a medium is like totally the safe bet because if they don't fucking know what they're doing with steak, they're going to be really freaked out by mid rare. And so I think a lot of it is trying to get in front of the the customer who seems a little clueless so that you don't get the ping pong back and forth with the kitchen because it is they see you coming. You guys see us coming with that steak. And we're like, we just start to do the face where we're like,
2: Hi, 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 hi. We're gonna drink alcohol together later. Hi, hi. Um, and <laughs> that's why there is. And I was always really good with my tables to be like, "Are you sure? Like, this is what it's gonna be like." I definitely tried to like do as much front work as I could to make it easier on the kitchen, especially if someone was like. Be you could tell they didn't know what they wanted, um. But even now, because and according to this, again, this New York Post article, it's even easier for front of a house to be like, okay, well, you want it rare, but maybe you want or medium rare, like plus, like somewhere in between the medium oh, and a medium rare. <laughs> Those, and I no. know that sounds insane, but if you're saving with food costs at the end of the day, is it worth it? I'm or is is it going to make everybody's job easier in the long run or not?
3: Hannelay does not like the term mid rare oh, plus. She's
4: pissed. like, if you order mid rare plus, you get a medium. That's yeah. what it is. Mid rare plus is medium. It's I, like there's no. Those are the ones,
1: yeah, those are the ones that I intentionally undercook because it's like, oh, you want mid rare plus? Well where's that plus right what but you, you have to understand yeah. <laughs> for our
2: from our perspective in your brain you might be like fine medium but we say that and to accommodate the guest on our right. end we say here is your medium rare plus uh, steak and then they uh-uh. cut into it and they're like see that's how you order a steak you guys <laughs> like that's how it goes <laughs> uh, for us oh my Maybe god enough. we're the
3: because obviously, you know, we deal with so much shit with people who come in and they're like, let me reinvent the menu real quick. And yep. then these are the same people who are also like, I invented a different temperature and this is how you do it. And you have yeah. to like be like,
2: uh-huh. I will tell the kitchen, Mid-Rare Plus, you special unicorn, you. Now, we're also yep. going to say these are the same guests that order their dirty martinis with their dirty on the side. Oh, that's oh, a favorite. I've seen that- those are the
1: people that, that's the, now, that truly is the curse of restaurant work is the person. Well, honestly, let's, let's be real now because you know this is just kind of the curse of uh, American life in general is that the person that knows the least demands that they know the most. And they're so hyper-specific about what they want that they want a medium-rare plus steak. And everybody else is like, that's not a thing. And but they're also the most they're most difficult. They know the most and know the least at the yeah, exact same time. Yeah, I'm gonna also
2: say, Zach. I've worked with a few line cooks who have that thought of that train of thought too. Me I'm, too. I'm just gonna say where <laughs> they think they know everything, and uh, and and I'm just like, but I'm just doing my job, like. Uh-huh. And I'm sure it goes both ways for you guys. Yeah, I've definitely
4: uh-huh. worked with both both sides of people who. <laughs> <or> like
2: that <laughs> um but they
1: just
4: exist everywhere wait uh, there's a
1: name for that though like the uh, and i can't even remember what the syndrome is or right like where it's like the 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 donor that someone gets the smarter they think they are that's actually like that's uh, a thing Seems i would apropos. go asshole
2: itis or uh trump trump itis is what i would go with on those <laughs> yeah two. i think i
1: think that that's
3: <laughs> i think it's safe. also it's one of those things too where uh we all suffer from a wealth of choice and so that's also what's the problem with america period Is we've been taught that we can have anything we want when we want it how we want it detailed it's too much of like every experience is personalized to me you know it's and it's like true. no it's a fucking steak okay you can't make it very special you got five <laughs>
1: options bitch. um okay yeah well that's where the whole like the i i think that the who the the biggest mistake that anybody ever made was not actually like uh, ascribing, you know, like the customer is always right motto to their <laughs> mission statement. But I don't whatever asshole said to a guest, you know what, client, you know what, diner, the the customer is always right. Whoever mm. talked about it ruined it for everybody. Ruined, right? it. ruined it. You can argue it's a good idea, but in practice, it's largely false. Yeah.
2: Well, let's, it's time for a game break, you guys, before we jump back into this topic to wrap up the game today, we're going to do a fun little game break. It's time for a little pop quiz we're calling In the Weeds, Brooke. Now, Lee and Zach, we are giving you guys 30 seconds. Now, fire off at random, not one at a time. As many steak sides as you can name in 30 Classic seconds. Steak. Where, you guys, are we
1: talking, can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, perfect. Go.
0: <laughs> horseradish cream. Oh, okay. Oh, we're okay. going. Okay. Right, yes, no, are sack, you marks? I'm kidding. Semi-glades. I'm, I'm <laughs> kidding.
1: Oh yeah, are we talking Are we talking sauces or are we talking are everything? an oh, actual sod? Ooh, well
3: maybe you guys
2: want to quiz us on I sauces. I feel like that's two different things, wanna- <laughs> right? Are we talking <laughs> condiments or are we talking Let's talk about actual, side dishes. Side dishes. Okay, no horseradish cream then. Okay guys, on your marks. Thirty seconds. Get set. Sides.
4: Go.
1: Asparagus. Twice. Double. Uh. Twice. Oh my God. Twice cooked potatoes. Fingerling uh,
4: potatoes.
1: Crab stuffed mushrooms. Mashed potatoes. Mushrooms in general. Uh, uh, mushrooms in general. That's the <laughs> yeah. title of the show. Mushrooms in general. Potato. Yeah. Potato gratin. Uh. Oh my God. Cream spinach.
3: Yes. That we were looking uh, for that
1: one. Jeez, grilled white bread, onions. <laughs> grilled onions,
2: white bread, white,
1: white bread. Yeah, that's the old school one. And right? 30 seconds is
2: up Oh, bone marrow at the Is that a side or a topping? I don't Tiny know. Tiny little forks. That's that all I both, know. Right? Those would always
3: go missing. The little marrow forks.
2: You're like, I so need a marrow fork. Ha- so happy cream spinach made it in there. Uh top steak side dish in my world. Just mm-hmm.
1: saying. I, I panic.
2: We're right, sort of guys.
3: we're just sort of like you know modeling the show after family food lightly. So um, you know, we need us, we need to see a cream spinach on the board. <laughs> Did they get a cream,
1: spinach?
3: Oh, cream I feel like spinach? That one may have been the top. <laughs> that, I think that one is like synonymous. Uh every time you're at a steakhouse, always like a mandatory ramekin of cream spinach on the table I'd always like to found know its why.
1: way i'd like to know why because that really is like what at which steakhouse did cream spinach originate the but oh, these are sh- the
3: oldies these sides have been around forever I mean, and i think they're gonna die with a generation but they're still I going strong love
1: it. you think so
3: it or what'll happen is big steakhouse like the kind of shit that I hate working at is going to become very popular again according to you know trend setting media is be like this year it's all about big chunky chairs and red leather booths, you know like this place I worked at in the early 2000s that's so cheesy it's called Sullivan's Steakhouse
2: I love it oh yeah. my brain is like going straight to history of creamed spinach yep. <laughs>
0: better give us some background.
2: I'm right. looking. I think it was Ruth Chris in New Orleans. I think that's one of the origins of it. So it's a very, it's a southern Probably like they're pairing French cooking with like classic Southern cooking, like mm-hmm. greens together with like a French sauce. I mean, that makes sense to me, right guys, that those two oh. things would eventually mix together in a place like New Orleans, which mm-hmm. so much of our delicious food hails from. Um, but you guys, it is to you. All yeah. right. I'm going to reset. I will do a 30 second timer. I'm going to have a Brian hit start.
1: Then what you gonna guys eat. say? Go He's gonna lead us in.
4: Okay. All right. We we're gonna have you name as many cuts of steak as you know. Okay, yes. I knew it. Um, fillet, uh, porterhouse,
2: New York strip, T-bone, ribeye, hanger, uh, uh, fillet, uh, tomahawk, but, but, tomahawk, uh, butterfly, or is that a
3: style?
4: Mm, no, a okay. <laughs> uh,
2: fillet plus um, a, a petite fillet, sirloin, a petite filet. sirloin um, chuck did uh, we say ribeye you did i said you like steaks uh, i guess i know steak um <gasps> that's all i got how'd we do
1: yeah i think you had 11 or 12 i don't know yeah. filet got mentioned like three or four. That's cool.
2: i said petite filet yeah petite filet okay <laughs> for the ladies I, think I said pulley here's the thing is that uh in in LA, this I'm a a m- Midwest like Chicago. I was in Omaha before that, right? Oh, Steaks yeah. are very big in both of those cities. Here in LA, the the cut of the filet is flat. Whereas in the Midwest, it's it's small and round and tall. Here it's flat. And it it makes zero sense to me. Did like, you say prime rib? I did not uh, say prime rib. That's not rib. a dang thing. God that's not damn a it. What is this? No. It? <laughs> No well, that's like that's like
1: the dude at the buffet that's standing there carving it for you talking about the weather like that's a big roast. Well that's yeah.
3: all like that's that that was that was my honestly my introduction to steak growing up. We were not a steak family. I would get like a prime rib from a buffet and right. it would be drowning in a jus.
2: But oh, uh, uh, so I mean, so I good. just I just smoked a prime rib roast uh, to a perfect medium rare about a month ago. And I was very proud of it. But you guys, thank you so much. That was our first in the weeds. pop I, quiz. I just got my ass handed to
3: me. Uh, that was super
2: fun for you.
3: Yeah, um, but
1: your, yeah, but your team, net, na- your team nailed it. I, I pan- I panicked on some sides
4: for <laughs> steak.
3: You know, I immediately too, like at this stupid steakhouse, like onion rings,
2: just a
4: towering oh. plate of onion rings with the steak oh, no, as well good. I'm on the big. Embarrassed.
2: I mean, and as as the kitchen, I would imagine, and this is, uh, we're going to transition in us coming together as a unit, becoming one team, um, reaching across the counter, if you will, to shake hands on many things. But the Tower of Onion Rings, where do you even store those stupid towers in the kitchen? They have to be a total, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, when they you... like
1: double as paper towel holders on right. crawfish day oh or something. God. Oh, my
2: God.
1: My mind is blown know. a little but bit. But that seems like one of those things where it's like, hey, this is how cutesy we are judging based on how they serve you their onion rings, right? Yeah, is absolutely. you coming in a big pile in a basket, or are you going to get something like, you know, real real kitschy? That's gonna- are,
3: do you guys follow the Reddit account, We Want Plates?
1: <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> yes. It's so
1: good. Yes. Hanale,
3: you have to go check this out. <laughs> it is fucking hilarious it's just all the stupid inanimate objects <laughs> that restaurants
4: have decided oh, how they serve their food i it. feel like i've seen some of those like on a shovel or like yes oh, yeah, yeah yeah that's a <laughs> toilet yeah. seat
2: well and everything Zach, working with ceramics i'm sure this is even funnier to you
1: <laughs> well, yeah absolutely well and, and also on top of that coming from the land of mason jars where it's like can we can we please like what why, why am i getting fried, ch- fried chicken in a mason jar right now <laughs> People real, yeah. The South, the South.
3: So folksy. So folksy. Yep. Um, I know, but it's, (laughs) yeah, it's, I think the one that killed me is there's a place using small, like flower pots to put your french fries in, like little terracotta pots. And it's just like, come on, everybody. It's just french fries. I would fucking eat them out of a shoe if that's how you I mean I know that might be another creative way. But well, people are serving a fries That's actually Hamburger are, Mary's
2: thing is to put your your pre, your check presenter as a stiletto heel at Hamburger Mary's. So that's being done in a way.
1: I'll take it. I'll we take it. To eat a, eat out of it though. Yeah, mm, no, yeah right.
2: Probably, I'm Listen, sure you can drink out of things.
3: Absolutely. Listen, the drag queen, she took it off her foot last night after her shift ended. It had plenty of time to air out before they put your check in her shoe. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so we just all agreed that we need normal plates and I think that's a perfect example of front of house and back of house coming together.
1: Um, oh, that's good, the unity.
3: Right, the unity. Um, do you have any advice for servers when dealing with customers and talking through steaks or advice for maybe some of your fellow line cooks on how to handle this situation?
1: Wait, which, which is the situation that the we're situation
3: in, we in? The situation when we, the server, communicating when we, the server, have to come back with the stake that was not to the customer's liking.
4: I think like, like you guys are saying, clarifying up front, like if a customer's like, I want medium, no pink, it's up to, I feel like you to at least explain like, do you want medium or do you want no pink? Like if I, I can't get you medium, no pink, like I have to, right. Do you want pink or do you not want pink? Like, and then, I don't know, there might be a little back and forth, but kind of maybe if, if your restaurant has a lot of restaurants do have like, even on their menu, they'll list like if you order rare, you'll get like a cool red center and then you'll get a mm-hmm. warm red center, you get pink all the way through, like maybe guide them through that and just make sure that there's no confusion. So if they order their medium, no pink and it comes well done, they're not like surprised. And I think that's, a, I think it's really important to talk about
2: the color and the squish. I think that's like a yeah. huge takeaway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I've... servers needed to touch that meat. Touch that meat. Also, serve us more steak, you know, at, like that's cooked to certain temps and be like, today for a family meal, here's, and I know costs whatever, but here's a perfectly cooked medium rare steak. Put your eyes on it, touch it, taste it. Describe it, you know, I think if we're all on the same page, especially when it comes to a pre-shift meal, which we genuinely love because we can all sit down together. I know it's not always a thing that front and back can do together, but if we had more of those moments, I think we would call, could all communicate better at the end of the day.
1: If you went through and actually everyone kind of knew the squish test too, where it's kind of like, because I feel like if as a server, if you were to sit there with a guest and say, okay, now push on your hand right here. That's what a rare steak feels like. And people be like, "Ew!" you know, like I think, or if you, or also if you talk about the, the temperature too, right? Like the actual, like you want rare, that means it's going to have a cold center. And so everyone goes, no, I don't, <laughs> think so.
2: I could just see like me as a server being like to my guests being like okay so everybody touch this part of my hand right here is that yeah. what you want your steak to feel like? Like,
1: <gasps> I notice that when we're talking about steaks in general I automatically just start touching my hand right there like yeah oh, like please show me on the doll how (laughs) you want your steak done um the rare folks are tricky though because they're the ones that typically do know what they want right so they they're always the craziest
4: mod and i'm saying this as someone who does order rare but every time i get a rare steak it's super modded they're on some carnivore diet they want like no potatoes extra butter keto paleo like everything like super modded and then the server always comes back it's like yo this lady's crazy <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. every do get those. <laughs> especially when
2: they're like well i wanted this but not like this but i want it like this yeah. but not like this and you have to be like okay now i actually have to like, go face the kitchen and verbally say this to somebody else and then they look at, they look at me like i'm the asshole you know yeah.
4: but people yeah, but
2: order you... rare steaks are they are rare. very specific they're, they're, they're rare slap it on and send it out here and put a little grill on it like they're very much like i order a rare steak boom like it's it's they're adamant about. do you guys
3: want. um i know that this happens sometimes too when you get crazy orders are you like i need to get eyes on that person i just need to know what sometimes. they look like oh, oh yeah that's where you get the <laughs> like
2: around around the
1: corner you see the cook or you see and i'm like
2: life. and i'm standing in the background where they can't see just going yeah, like, doing the, yeah, like, like, scratch like... on your head kind of point to the side yeah. situation. <laughs> um, I've mm-hmm. read that, and this is, again, I know you, nobody would ever do this, but, like, people who order well done are, like, there's such a shame in it that the kitchen will go as so far as to, like, dirty the food. No,
4: I don't. We don't have time <laughs> for that. I <laughs> know. Oh, <boy. laughs> that
2: actually that is... is a whole nother episode unto itself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, But I think, you know, what we have learned is like communication is key. Having a tight team where everybody knows the menu, how the kitchen flows, how things can take longer than others, preparing your guests for the wait. Like this will make all of our jobs so much easier when it comes to getting your steak cooked the way you like it. Well, Um, and I'll, I'll offer this up too. I literally, the only job I
3: could get, waiting tables in in Chicago for my very first job was this steakhouse. And guess who refused to learn anything about steak? So my life was a fucking living hell. (laughs) I couldn't talk to customers. All my shit, like the kitchen was constantly angry at me. So like as a server, I don't know, here's some takeaway. If you're gonna work at a steakhouse, do your steak homework, all right? And even if you're at a restaurant that just has one steak entree, I think it's very worth your time to understand that this can be one of the most messed up meals that just causes the back and
2: forth. And so learn, learn your pink, learn your squish, learn your temps, learn your marbling, learn your dry age, learn your, you know, there's many, and that I will say many places now that just have one steak on the menu, they're investing in really beautiful cuts and they're very expensive, and you do you can't you can't fuck up a hundred dollar porterhouse. That's supposed to feed three people. This just you just can't do it.
1: Oh man, did I just pictured that. Got- uh, I pictured an overcook going out on a steak for three people.
3: There's a tear rolling down your cheeks, Zach. I
1: know. I'm super
2: <laughs> emotional right now.
3: Um, and then we we just do, do we even bring up burger temperatures or are we no, out we of time? We
2: probably shouldn't talk about burger temps.
3: Today. I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, any parting words of advice? Anything that you'd like to say that isn't about this topic? We're here for it.
1: Ooh, I don't know. I well, mean, me I, feel like <laughs> I feel like I feel like everything that we've talked about. Even I mean, the steak is the true litmus test for communication between. All, like in all of the steps, right? From the steak actually entering the building to it going out. It's the ultimate, it's the ultimate litmus test on how everybody's communicating. It's you know, literally,
3: staff. it's the customer, the server, and the kitchen are all in on this one fucking yeah, complicated
1: a, is meal. That's a, a whole lot. It's a whole lot. So good, good luck. It's like, I think that opening a restaurant, you know, just a steakhouse in general is, uh, that's. But it seems like walking a, a tight tightrope there, so you got to sell those big bottles of wine, y'all. Let's go,
3: magnums as they call them. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Hanaleigh,
4: over to you. Any 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 parting words of advice? Parting words. I'd say uh, for back a house, I'd say don't be afraid to get out there and learn. And you know, if you like to cook and want to give it a go, a lot of restaurants will just hire a lot of restaurants are just hiring people because they need staff and obviously people weed themselves out. Um, uh, but often, you know, especially if it's a mom and pop restaurant or mm-hmm. you live in a tourist town and they're coming up on busy season. I mean, that was me, my first restaurant job, zero experience at any restaurant ever. And, uh, I just walked in like, Hey, I uh, like to cook at home and <laughs> want to give it a go. And, and then a couple of weeks later I was loving the line and loving the fast pace and, was really glad that i decided to give it a go and um you know without really overthinking it or thinking oh, i need to do this and this and that first i need to go to culinary school first i need to, i think i just you know just diving into it and then deciding you know if you want to go to school or if you want to take it further or if you've had enough or i think i think it's it's a i wouldn't say easy entry but because the work itself is hard but oh, yeah. um i'd say if you want to get your foot in the door then that's it's simple to do.
3: Would Great. we all be better servers if we did one night on the line? Yes. Oh yeah, and
4: I, I think you know, I think the restaurant yeah, I work football, at right now does that, where they have the they have the servers work a kitchen shift often. Yeah, a shadow night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like that that could be the reason why we get along so well because like. Um, I'm like, why don't we do it the other way around? But I feel like there's reasons for that. You guys, you but... guys aren't allowed out front. Um, yeah,
2: we could do a we shadow smell. shift so easily. Uh-uh. I, I am
3: should. 100% alluding to a TV concept that Andrea and I are totally I, yeah. working on. I
2: absolutely want to just be like the server who just leans back toward the end of the shift and it's like, yeah, can you drop that tech and bu- check and bust those tables? Like, I just want to see it all go down. Oh, how fun! Well, you guys have really made this. First First episode, if you will, of front of house versus back of house, a joy and so easy. Um, Your knowledge is awesome. We appreciate your input, your advice and your criticisms. Yeah, criticisms,
3: (laughs) critiques, shall we say, critiques, effective communication, conflict resolution. (laughs) Um. And thank you for everything that you guys do and contribute, you know, uh, in your little corners of the world. It's amazing. We love following you guys on Instagram.
4: Do you want to tell our listeners where they can look you up on social? All right. Um, you can find me at Lady Line Cook on Instagram. I just joined Twitter. I have like Uh-oh. five followers, but I'm at the Lady Line Cook and uh, ladylinecook.com recently. So, hey, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I have stepped I
1: have t- two Instagrams that I've really surviving through right now. It's Chef Zachary Molloy or at Chef Zachary Malloy. And then I also have at Dirt Church Ceramics as well. So those are that's where we're
3: So you guys running you get, you get the, the game. F- you get the funny stuff for your brain and you get the nice looking ceramics that make they're beautiful, make your eyes happy. So it's <laughs> a real thank you. It's a real nice combo.
2: We will post and share on our social media so everyone can find you. This has been really fucking fun. It's been so fun. It's been great. (laughs) And you guys, don't forget, you can follow us at Sidework Podcast on Instagram. Follow over at One Star Network, One Star Podcast Network on Instagram. Um, I can't wait to chat with you guys again in the future. Do more front of house versus back of house. There's so much to unpack, Brooke. I know I know we'll get other guests who aren't us (laughs) yeah yeah
3: (laughs) we're pretty predictable we're we're really nice most of the time and we've thought everything out so thoroughly like I want to get like a real unhinged bartender yeah to
2: uh, (laughs) talk to y'all so yeah we've had two years of therapy if you will on this podcast (laughs) I feel
1: like really if you really want to galvanize the whole like front of the house back of the house you need to do Sous chef or chef de cuisine that's doing lineups, and you need to have a daytime bartender or or a Friday night bartender. <laughs> they need to be on opposite sides of the line because I feel like those are the most, uh, you know, distilled um, yeah. representatives of, of both of those. Group. I know. Make
2: the whole machine work, all the cogs, all the moving pieces. <laughs>
1: oh my god, I got I got tired just thinking about that episode. But based on those two individuals. <laughs>
3: Oh my god. Oh my god, it's it's on the books. Oh my god, I can't wait to find oh my these freaks. God.
2: Well, Zach Well Honolate, thanks again so much for joining us. And Brooke, you know what we say at the end of every episode. Godspeed and good tips. And good tips and good communication in that kitchen. <laughs>
0: Thanks Tip for the guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tip out the kitchen.